Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. The amount of emails I get for, on LinkedIn from somebody that wants to be this and then, you know, or connect with me. And then when I connect with them, the first thing they do is they're writing to me saying, can I sell you this service or whatever it may be. The danger is you can get too jaded. I volunteered to teach a class that I did not need to volunteer to teach. I developed this class from scratch, which takes some time and is not something that I've done a ton of across my career. I've only done it a few times, but it was it was a big challenge and I really enjoyed it. One of the ways that's important for you to act as a leader is to celebrate those changes and let everybody else know about them. But having, you know, those wins are really important. I really hope everyone has had a really lovely Christmas and uh, looking forward to 2024. How was your Christmas run? Happy holidays, everyone. Lovely. It's always very nice to slow down, spend more time with family. And it's always nice to catch up with you, mate. Thank it you. It says here in the script. That's right. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I put that in specifically uh, for that. Really, it's nice that you, you sometimes read things before you recognize what you're saying, and then you have to. <laughs> well, I like to put that in. Yeah. This I, leads I, to our, our favorite, one of my favorite traditions that we've uh, formed on the podcast, which is kind of our year-end reflections. Um, I assume this was your idea, Colin, as most of the the good ideas that we have on the podcast are. I generally take credit for them later when you're not here. But, yeah, <laughs> I'll acknowledge. But not this, I, I like that we, that we do this. I think this is another nice thing, a nice opportunity to reflect. Yeah, so today we're just going to talk about, so what are the three things that both of us has learned this year? Not necessarily business, can be personal, but what I've learned over the years actually is that you can apply both personal and business to both situations. I think the first thing I would like to say is that we've, this podcast has been going for six years now. I would like to thank all of you for listening to us because it's, um, it's been an amazing journey. And if you asked, uh, asked us six years ago whether we thought we would still be doing this in six years' time, I would have probably gone, nah, we have probably lost six months, let alone six years. Yes. Turns out we had a lot to say. Uh, no, it's been, it's been great. And I feel like Colin and I have touched base on this not infrequently. And, uh, and the, major, the major decision point is, do we still enjoy doing this? And to date, we really have. And so, yeah, we're, we're very grateful that other people are willing to, to come along on, on this journey and listen to our, our conversations because uh, I've enjoyed them tremendously. Yes, yeah, so thank you. And if you've got any suggestions of how we can improve, then obviously just drop us a line. That's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. That's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. So let's get into this anyway. Six things. Should we do one and one? Do you want to go first? Sure, happy to. So as I was reflecting back on the year, one of the things that, that struck me is how much of 
what I've been able to accomplish in life and, and professionally has been this combination of preparation and serendipity. Yeah. So I will, I will make these plans. I will have these goals. I will work, work towards them. And sometimes that is how I accomplish things. And sometimes I will work towards these goals and opportunities will present themselves and I will be able to grab onto them. So an example from this year is I've been working on a, on a book proposal that I was very excited about and was gearing up to kind of go through the process of, of trying to sell that. Yep. And another opportunity kind of fell into my lap with a colleague as we were working towards teaching materials, preparing some teaching materials that ended up turning into another book idea. And, and we were able to secure a, a book deal on that and was not something I was planning for. I was planning on working yeah. on book A instead jumped at the opportunity to work on book B and, and feel very lucky that I ended up there. I, I think that you and I working together is the same thing. I've been making long-term pl plans and, and goals towards kind of my research and my expertise development. And then you kind of called me out of the blue one day and, and we had a chat and, and things evolved from there. So prepare yourself, work towards your goals, look for those opportunities as they present themselves. And hopefully you will be as lucky as I have been. Let me just build on that because a, a couple of things that sprung to mind as you were saying of it, which is um, one is it's funny, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. Yeah. That is funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Luck certainly has a, a hand or opportunities do do come about, but actually you've got to put the effort in and you've got to have the plan at the beginning. Don't wait for opportunities to come. Work towards something and you will find, as Colin says, um, you get luckier as you do. Yeah, and I think that that's the important aspect of things. So just make sure that you 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 do that. So let me go through my first one. And I think people may have heard me say this before, but as I reflected on the year, I thought big learning, what is it? Well, clearly we're at the, you know the year of AI. And the first thing I've learned is I think we're in danger of repeating as uh, uh, history is in danger of repeating itself and i'm old enough to remember when the web was introduced and we've talked about the hype cycle and everything else in the past but what i'm seeing is that everybody is rushing headlong to this particularly from a siloed perspective yeah that's that's one so how can my individual department use ai yes how does marketing use it how does customer service use it how does sales use it without taking a strategic view and i think that what will happen over the you know next few years is that eventually people will realize that and then eventually it will all come together and guess what you know, this is exactly what happened with the web. So I would counsel that you need to look back to what your organization's implementation of the web would was, and then think to yourself, are we are we going down that path? And the other thing sort of building in that where I think history is repeating itself is just the definition. So I've now learned to when I'm talking to somebody about AI to not assume that we're talking about AI or generative AI uh, or machine learning or what. What are we talking about? It's a bit like back in the day it was CRM 
well, what does CRM customer relationship management mean? Uh, it's a bit like customer experience nowadays. Well, tell me what you mean by customer experience management uh, and what's included and not included, etc. So I think that just making sure everyone's got a clear picture of what the strategy is, is is key going forward. Colin, starting with a definition of your constructs, that's positively academic. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm rubbing off on you finally. You are. You years. are. No, that, yeah, I think that's exactly right. There's so many, so many disagreements in business and in life that could be resolved by having a conversation up first around definitions. What are we talking about when we use that word? I'm becoming more like you, mate, because Lorraine has bought me for Christmas a jacket with leather patches on the elbows yeah, uh, and a pipe and a pipe as well. Yep. Need that too. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed how no one ever has pipes anymore? You know, yeah. No. Um, those that did have mostly died because of using <laughs> pipe. <laughs> Survivability point, plans, well, I think is what we call that. Survival plans. Number two, Ryan. Part of my job is doing research and part of having a research career is attending um, research conferences where people go and um, share the projects they're working on and get feedback. Uh, so that was a, a part of big part of my life up through COVID. And then obviously no conferences for a couple of years. We tried doing them online. That wasn't quite the same thing. So we've been over the last couple of years gearing back up into those. The first couple that I went to were a little weird. But this fall was one of the regular conferences that I go to. And so I went to that and it, it reinforced to me the importance of social networks and friend groups and, and just what a buffer that is in your life. So uh, as you run up against professional difficulties, uh, having that community that you can turn to to kind of navigate that and make sense of it as you run into, you know, a personal struggles, um, having this group of people. I say this as the most introverted person you will ever meet, (laughs) like as someone who actively avoids people, I'm telling you, you need people. So (laughs) find a way to make that work. Like I I still hate large groups, but small groups are wonderful. And you get enough small groups together one after another. and, And now all of a sudden you've got a community. So don't neglect that. I mean, there's there's research on this that backs this up. People who have strong friend networks are healthier. Like they, they find cellular differences among people who are isolated and people who are good. Like it or not, we're social animals. So um, don't neglect that. And, and I think the other thing I would add to that, that sort of ties into your bit about serendipity. Yeah. Which is, it, you know, sometimes something happens because you just you met up with a with a an old friend or somebody's put you in touch with someone because they know that you know you're interested in and those types of things just escalate from there don't they i think it's a that's a really important point so i was i was asked to give a training seminar to phd students a couple of years ago about uh, networking, like how do you network? How do you meet other academics so that you can, you know, uh, co-author with them? Or you know, yeah. that was my advice to them: was don't network, just like try to make friends. I, I think that when people are too mercenary about this, it's transparent. And so, if instead you were looking for opportunities to just 
connect with people, you know, share a joke, talk about sports. Those things will, will serve you better long-term than trying to create, to force fit a network that will work for you professionally. Like the, the friendships matter very much. And as you said, that's often serendipity. Why not let Colin and Ryan speak at your next conference? As you can hear, they're great communicators and can get over a message in a simple, inspiring, and humorous way. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. And to a certain extent, this ties into my next bit of learning this year. So I'm going to give people a bit of background on this. And this is personal. So, but just a little bit of background. My granddaughter, Autumn, has got a very rare genetic disorder. She's got a condition called HNRNPH2, believe it or not. Yeah, that needs some better branding. It does. It's real snappy title which basically means that she is cognitive and physically challenged, okay? So she's got special needs. So, yeah, developmental needs, et cetera, et cetera. And we this year decided that we were going to do a charity walk that I arranged with my family, basically, to raise money for the charity. I guess my learning is, and this sort of ties on the back of what you were just saying is, there's some really good people out there that help, that were prepared to give up their time to help organize it, prepared to donate money to it. I think the danger is that we we get too skeptical about things. As you were talking about, you know, just making friends, etc. The amount of emails I get from, on LinkedIn from somebody that wants to be this and then, you know, or connect with me. And then when I connect with them, the first thing they do is they're writing to me saying, can I sell you this service or whatever it may be. The danger is you can get too jaded. There are so many good people out there. And I think if you go into a relationship, a friendship, a networking opportunity with that in mind, building on what you were just saying, then I think that, you know, that's the majority of people out there, in my view, want to do the right thing. It's just a question of being actually, and what it, thinking about it, it's being authentic is part of the, the challenge. So it's about that authenticity. What's your next one? Uh, That was a great one. Yeah. So the, the third one that I came up with is the power in stretching so kind of taking on big projects or or kind of re- resetting what you're doing breaking out of your routines and and taking on challenges so when i'm not researching i'm teaching you can arrange your teaching schedule at a lot a lot of university jobs to not teach a lot of classes across time right so there's a certain number that need to be covered but there's facility and not kind of like shaking that up every year. And so, you know, I'll, I'll teach a class and then I'll teach it over and over again. And that's been great. And I've really loved that through some various circumstances that arose in the last year. I, I volunteered to teach a class that I did not need to volunteer to teach. Um, could have let somebody else do that, but instead I chose to do it. And so I, I developed this class from scratch, which takes some time and is not something that I've done a ton of across my career. I've only done it a, a few times. 
but it was it was a big challenge and I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed pushing myself and doing the extra work and, and rediscovered that I I like that kind of work and I, I feel like I've got some facility at it. I feel like I was really adding some value and it was something that I could have very easily avoided. I did not need to do this. But I did it and and like I, I there's reward in doing the hard work and kind of um, taking on the challenges and uh, it can be refreshing. And don't you find that that sort of pushing you and not just sitting back on your laurels, but pushing you, you start to think of new things, don't you? You start to make more different connections. And that goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, which is that sort of serendipity, which is actually, if you looked at it, if you hadn't have done that, then you wouldn't have come up with that idea. And that idea has actually sprung board you onto other things, et cetera. That's exactly right. Yeah. So the, the book deal that I ended up signing came out of developing these new teaching materials for this new class, which I wouldn't have necessarily done. So you're right. That, like, that, that was the serendipity that, that led to this whole thing was my agreeing to take on this new class. So I had made that connection as I was writing down these insights, but that's exactly right. My last one. So again, this is a this is a personal one, but I think it a- applies generically across the piece. Lorraine, who you would you would have heard me talking about on the show, has been suffering with back problems for the last five or six years, and she ended up having spinal fusion. I won't go into it, but basically, where they 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 fuse some of the vertebrae in your back. So the uh, learning for me is about the the importance of incremental change okay so if i look to where lorraine was prior to the surgery she was finding it difficult to walk couldn't go out very much etc 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 to where she is now it's the difference between and this is a british saying chalk and cheese in other words from you know one thing that's completely opposite to to another thing, yeah. Night and, and day is the less night and day. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. for that, but yeah. But simple things like being able to go to the grocery store by herself, you know, and it's surprising how if you work at it, and maybe there's actually a theme being built around this podcast because you know the danger is is that you go through surgery like that and then you don't work at uh, the physio, etc. But if you work at it and you constantly try to to make that change, those little changes add up to something big. And as I started to think about this from a business perspective, so as I went, well, okay, so that's the personal learning. What's the business learning? Same applies with custom experience, really, which is you never ever just going to go into an organization and flick a switch and get people to be customer centric. It's got to be done over a period of time, painstakingly going to the physio and having pain as you, as Lorraine has sort of learned how to walk again and go from having to walk with two sticks to down to one stick to not having any sticks. But when you take a step back and you go, look at where we were and where we are, there is a difference. I don't see too many organizations actually doing that. I think that that is a very worthwhile thing to do, is doing what we're doing on this show now here, which is just to go, 
okay, so what have I learned? How are we different to a year ago, two years ago, three years ago? And if you haven't made those changes, then there's clearly something wrong. I, I love that. Yeah, I think that we are too often looking for silver bullets, quick fixes, whatever idiom you want to use, and neglecting the importance of making those incremental improvements over time because they, they're less profound, they're less kind of dazzling um, when they happen, but they do, they stack up and uh, they can stack up quickly. And it's just little things that you just start to notice. I mean, we were, we're in Sarasota at the moment and Lorraine bought in some plates from, we were uh, eating outside. She bought in some plates from outside. Simple thing. You wouldn't normally think about it, but I went, I mean, that's the first time she's been able to walk by herself holding plates uh, without a walking stick or something like that. And you go, that's actually significant, you know? Um, uh, and, and again, I don't think organizations, the, the danger is, is what I see with organizations is they start off with this big bang and big flurry about how do we improve the customer experience. And then when it starts to hit these pain barriers, they start to drop off and it just goes back to where it was because that's the easy thing to do. You know, yeah. it's just, just go back to where it was and it needs that leadership and constant reinforcement to, so to move look, forward. Looking for these opportunities for improvement and also something that, that you had mentioned before the show, and I don't want to get dropped, but celebrating those small improvements as well, like looking for those opportunities to take joy in the improvements. No, that's a very good point because when Lorraine well, was yeah, bringing the plates. Colin, like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want to. <laughs> that's yeah. a very good point. Yes, I know, Colin, you're very clever. I have these conversations with myself. But no, that's a good point because when Lorraine walked in last night with the plates, I went, that's the first time you've, you know, you've done that in about four years. You know, just going to the grocery store, we both went, wow, she's actually going in the car down to the grocery store to buy something, which is a normal everyday thing. When you can't do it, it suddenly becomes a big thing. Yeah, and same in your organizations, right? So if there's a you've hit a net promoter score high, even if it's not as high as you want it to be eventually, like that's a reason to celebrate and to continue to provide that motivation and salvage. Just building on that, I think again that is important if you're a CX professional and you are seeing these changes one of the ways that's important for you to act as a leader is to celebrate those changes and let everybody else know about them. Because uh, having those quick wins, maybe they're well, just wins actually, but having you know those wins are really important um, because uh, uh, that builds momentum and gets people to celebrate success, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you very much for listening to the show uh, this year. If you've got any suggestions about how we can improve things next year, then please do contact us. We really value what your thoughts are. And especially if you have suggestions on how Colin can improve, we are (laughs) actually interested in those. Yeah, absolutely. That would be good. So just reach out to us um, on email, contact at beyondphilosophy.com. That's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. We wish you a happy new year and we look forward to talking to you next year. 
Cheers. Thanks very much for listening to the show today. We really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, it would be really great if you could leave us a review. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. Intuitive Customer.